0: Praise Jesus. Can I preach to you for a little while? Yeah. Two, three hours, that'd be all right? Well, maybe, yeah. you know, don't, don't play with me. I'm going to have that crowd show up one day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How many love Jesus? Has anybody just really loved Jesus in a relationship? Yeah. So, all right. I'm so glad. I mean, are you into this thing of loving Jesus and serving him? Are you into that? Uh, I told you last week when we were talking about unstoppable, I told you one of the problems we have is that our service for Christ is a hobby and everything else is what it's important. It's like, I'll do everything else. And if I have time, I'll really give my life to Jesus. I'll do something for him, but just for fun, because I feel better when I give away groceries and we don't do this because we feel better. Can I get an amen from somebody? I do feel better, but I do it from, I do what I do from this perspective. I belong to Jesus. He is my Lord and my Savior. And He knows what's best for me, His Word. Some people don't understand that the Lord knows what's best for them. And no matter what you're facing, our series right now is Forward Freedom Family Forward. I got some new masks coming, too, just in case you didn't know this. People saying we need some new masks, and uh, they should be in this coming week, so in case you want one, it says Freedom Family Forward on them, because I want us to know that's the idea of Leadership Summit. It's the idea of everything we're doing is to get people to move forward, okay? We want you to get forward. I don't want you to be stuck. I want you to be stuck in your life. I want you to move forward, and our theme is tell the people to go forward. It is what God told Moses to, the, to, do, to say to the children of Israel at the Red Sea. They're at a sea. The enemy's behind them. They are in a frightened place. They don't know what to do. And they think they should just surrender and go back to the enemy. This story is so bold and powerful. And then God says to Moses, tell the people to go forward. To move forward. What? There's a Red Sea in front of us. We'll step into the water and go up neck deep and see what I will do. And the waters end up parting. As they step forward in obedience. And then Moses stretches the rod out across the seas. And then they go through it. They get on the other side. And they celebrate singing uh, that the Lord has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider have been thrown into the sea. I'm telling you, go forward. There's rejoicing on the other side. I'm telling you, go forward. Okay, I'm just preaching a little too much for some of you. But um, I want to preach today from... The topic, rise up. Get your sermon notes out. You can take some notes in this. Somebody shout, rise up. up. Sometimes, you know, you you preach sermons and it's like, yeah, I'm going to preach that. That's going to sound good and get a lot of amen. I don't know what I'm going to get here today. I just don't know. Um, But I do believe it's important in these days to make sure that we preach a saving message. Not just a message that is placating people, that is causing them to just sit back and relax. I want you to be challenged today. Are you ready to be challenged? Yeah. I want the world to be challenged. Because I, I, there, there's different people that I preach to every Sunday, uh, Wednesday. I mean, I preach to people who have known and served the Lord for a long, long time. I mean, there are some people that you know, if, uh, if they... If if somebody told you, no, it ain't living for Jesus, you'd look at them and say, you're a crazy person, because you know that they're still serving Jesus. Is there anybody like that? Me. Okay. So, uh, so so, So people who are seasoned, and then there's another group of people that are just beginning to serve the Lord. They've started out, and they're moving forward. But they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're in it, but they're just not maybe fully discipled. And then there's another group of people, and that is people that don't know Jesus at all. They've heard his name, never confessed him. So I'm talking to all y'all today, all right? I'm talking to all of you, th- those of you online, some of you are listening. Go ahead, share it to somebody's page who needs Jesus today, because got, I've got a few things to say And I believe it's going to impact everyone today. I want to talk from the thought, rise up. In fact, not the thought, the declaration, rise up. It's a declaration. Shout it, rise up, rise up, rise up. And and it certainly comes from the theme of the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11, where we hear Jesus coming to a tomb, a cave with a stone over it, and he cries out and says Lazarus come forth. Then you know that he came forth. But that message in that story is thicker than you know. I love the term rise up. I love it. I just I just like saying it rise up, you know? I I like when things rise, you know I like if the if Diana's baking a cake in the oven, I want it to rise. Can somebody say Amen? I want it to, I want it to rise. I want life to rise. I want, I want us to rise. Amen. Amen. Yes. A couple of songs. In fact, one uh, one morning last week, Friday morning, I woke up singing, "Up from the Grave like Lazarus." Anybody know that song? Up from the grave like Lazarus. You haven't seen that? It's by a group called Cain. And Cain is three preacher's kids from Alabama. Uh, grew up with, uh, their, their daddy wasn't the richest pastor in the world. Uh, he still has a church there. I checked it out to make sure. And But they grew up, they said there was only like two bedrooms in the house. And most of their life, the three of them had to share one bedroom because that's all the house they had. And it wasn't that they were complaining. They grew up singing and worshiping Jesus. And this song uh, is pretty powerful. I mean, this is a, this is a great worship song. And I, you know, I thought the song was called uh, Up From the Grave. You know, I thought it was something like that. But the song is Rise Up. It's the name of the song is Rise Up. And Kane is a good group. I'd recommend it. They also do a rendition of it with Zach Williams. I get it. I like Zach Williams, so I sound a little bit country right now. But I, I do. I, I like it. I like the song. I like the history of the song. I was checking the story behind it. And uh, one of the sisters had uh, penned these words and, and they'd gotten together. And she was telling her, her other brother and sister uh, what was going on. And one of the musicians had received the same lyric, and melody already that same week and showed it to them that they had already written it down. It's like the Holy Spirit had spoken to two people at the same time. And this is a good song for 2020. Come on. Up from the grave like Lazarus, all right? Beginning of service, we played it a little bit before service started on YouTube. You can look it up and find it yourself. But listen to the lyric. Listen to the words behind it. It's it's pretty powerful. So I woke up Friday morning singing it, and I hadn't been hearing it the day before I woke up, before I got out of bed. I had this up from the grave like Lazarus going on in my head, and that's why I thought that was the name of the song. And then I, I, I looked it up and realized it's called Rise Up. Well, I already knew a song called Rise Up by Andrew Day. Anybody heard that song? Rise Up? I mean, it's a really good song. And I, some of the, the, the lyrics, when I heard that song, I always thought, man, somebody who knows Jesus wrote that song. Because the lyrics of Andrew Day's song uh, are, you're broken. I can't sing like Andrew Day. I can't do that. I just, I don't, have to, I don't have the chops for that. I could try, but I can't. I mean, if you've heard the girl sing, you know, she, she can pop some vocals. She really can. But she's, the, the lyrics are, uh, you're broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round and you can't find the fighter. Has anybody ever been there before? <laughs> You can't find the fighter, but I see it in you, so we're going to walk it out and move some mountains. We're going to walk it out and move mountains. And I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day, I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid, I'll rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again. And I'll rise up high like the waves. I'll rise up in spite of the ache. I'll rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again. Man, yeah, I just listened to that and I love it. Uh, she sang it on the virtual inauguration parade. Uh, she sang it there. And, but the song's been going around for a little while. I mean, it reaches way back, and, and it has been an anthem uh, in our nation for the last few weeks. But my concern is there's a lot of people sing songs that don't even know what they're about. And so when I heard it, I thought, this girl has to have some relationship. I don't know if she lived for Jesus. I don't know her personally. I don't know that. I'm not saying make her your new prophetess. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that I thought she had to be a Christian. So I found, and there was an interview with Relevant Magazine, and she described that she was at a very low point in her life, and that's how she came to faith in Jesus Christ. She said her mom knew Jesus, but when she got into her teen years and young adult years, in her words, I was like, yeah, yeah, I believe, but I was smoking weed, drinking heavily into promiscuity, cheating on whomever I was with, just doing things selfishly and doing music for my own sort of vain persona. I ended up moving out, moved moved out to New York, but my conscience started to catch up with me. I told God everything I had done. I told my family everything I had done dealing with the guilt and the shame, you know, it was a very low point in my life. I'm just reading what she said. I didn't have a job, completely broke, sleeping on my mom's couch in her tiny little apartment. And any deal I had at the time basically fell through. It was a low point, but it was the greatest point in my life. I rededicated my life to Christ. I was like, I'm not playing these games anymore. I'm not lukewarm. I'm not doing that anymore. I regret hurting someone, but I'm grateful for who I have become and how close I've been able to grow in Jesus Christ because of all of that. I always say those years were formative years. I literally told God, if you want me to do this, I'll do this. If you want me to teach, I'll be a teacher. If you want me to be a panhandler on the corner for you, I'll do that. It's as though she gave her life to Jesus. Anybody think she gave her life to Jesus? Isn't that what it sounds? How many have had that moment when it was like, I am done? All okay, right? Where, where are all those? Where did, I know he said, well, weed's legal now. Stop smoking weed. Stop it. All right? Look at his face. Stop it. It's just your new alcohol. All right? You'll be addicted to it. Stop it. It'll ruin things. We ain't helping nobody. I just thought I'd bring that up. I just, I don't know anybody I'm talking to right now. I just felt that suddenly. So stop. All right. Jesus never called you smoke weed. He didn't, he didn't call you to do that. He said, but it makes me feel better. Find Jesus. He'll make you feel better. All right. There's other ways. See, I knew this was going to be tough. I just, it's, the message that she speaks though is powerful in that song in Matthew 17 and 20. Remember, Jesus said, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and nothing and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So mustard seed, that small amount of faith, say, I don't have great faith. He didn't say this huge amount of faith. He said, If you have a small amount of faith, we just need to get started with a small amount and go ahead and activate the faith we got. And you say, well, that was in the scripture once. No, it was in Mark 17, Mark, Matthew, Matthew 17, Matthew 21, Mark 11, uh, John, uh, Luke 17. Over and over in scripture, we just keep hearing it say, move mountains. Say it, move mountains. Shout it, move mountains. Move mountain. Go ahead, shout at whatever's in front of you and say, move mountains. Say it, move mountain. But you got to rise up. You can't just lay there and move mountains. There's so much trouble in the world, and there's so much to do. The world is so broken and so filled with sin. So today, I want to speak to that, and I just want to speak in a few areas of it. I want you to say it. I want you to be saying this when you get out. I want you to say it when you look in the mirror tomorrow. Rise up. Say it. Rise up. Does anybody besides me ever go look in a mirror and talk to yourself? Anybody ever do that? I, I sometimes, especially if I'm in warfare, I will walk into the bathroom and look at the mirror and say, Ricky G, you need to get yourself together right now. Holy Spirit, come take over these. Anybody like me? Anybody? Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. So few, three simple aspects of this statement rise up. Number one, it's personal. I know when I say rise up, you're saying somebody needs to hear this. I ain't talking to them. I'm talking to you. You rise up. Sometimes it's so easy to say, well, I know some people that need this right now. And that's good. I'm glad. But right now, I want you to get personal. It's about me. And all this teaching in John 11, I love the story of Lazarus. How many know the story of Lazarus? Everybody know it. So let me me set this up just a little bit for you, okay? Lazarus was a close, personal friend of Jesus. Just going to pause there. We need close personal friends. Amen. Some of you are a little lost. You don't know who to talk to. You don't know how you're going to get through whatever you're going through right now. You, you need some friends. No I'm, no, I'm not talking about those other friends. I'm not talking about those close personal friends that you used to with. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some believers who you can trust and can come over to your house and have coffee with you. Yeah. I'm talking about people you can text and they will text you back. Yeah. People, come on, people, people that are friends. Anybody got any folks like that? I don't know. I've looked before. I've stopped before and looked at my life and said, you know, Rick, you got a lot of people you're preaching to, but you don't have a lot of people you can talk to. And that's a tough place to be in. That can wear you out. That's why some of you are struggling with anxiety. And that because you're keeping all this stuff down on the inside. If you need. You need a friend. Lazarus and Jesus were friends. And here's one of the ways you know. When Jesus came that way, he'd always stay at Lazarus' house. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. We don't know what happened to their husbands. Probably passed away. Now they're all living together, and Jesus would hang out. Now, if you're hanging out with somebody a lot, you know a lot about them. They will tell you your stuff. Some of us don't have friends because we don't want to be that close to people. I'll end up confessing stuff to folk. Might end up on social media somewhere. No, you need friends that will know you. Jesus and Lazarus knew one another very well. And Mary and Martha knew Jesus very well. Because Jesus would go over to their house and just sit and talk to them. Just hang out with them. So you know the story. Jesus was not in town. And Lazarus got sick. And it looked like he was going to die. So they sent a message to Jesus, and Jesus got the message and did not rush over. He waited a few days before he came. So just so you get this, death is a really big deal right now. Anybody know that? It's a big deal. I mean, how many times? I mean, when else in history did you get up every morning and look at the headlines so you could get the death count? And I just, you know, I just can't do that. I just, anybody else like me? I just can't get up first thing in the morning and say, "All right, that's." I I can't. I mean, it, it it's heavy on my heart. But but it's it, that's difficult. And and although we've, you know, we're expecting everybody. You know, we're expecting Gary to get better. We're we're just how many with me on this? We're expecting these things. Still, I mean, there are those who have been connected with us who've who've uh, been ill. Uh, you know, but. But we're doing really well. We thank the, the Lord for this. Same time, it just kind of gets in the atmosphere, doesn't it? You know, I... Okay, I don't, don't run. I'm going to tell you the story, all right? But uh, I went and had some spicy food the other day. And um, I don't know if anybody's ever had this happen, but in the middle of the night, that spicy food came back to visit me. And I woke up and I'm feeling that. Anybody feel it? Like right there, it's like trying to take a deep breath. And I said, Dear God, I've got the COVID. <laughs> now I know it's not a laughing matter so much, but you know what I'm saying? How many know that gets it gets in your head? Some people have had it, but I'm laying there thinking in the haze. Wait a minute, wait, wait. I don't know what some of you got. I don't know. I don't know what you got. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm, I'm talking about all the other stuff that you got. I mean, indigestion. I mean, you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you got the, a bad case of the bitterness? Anybody ever had that before? You wake up in the, ba- in the middle of the night and you got a bad case of fear, a bad case of panic, a bad case of anxiety, a bad case of mad at somebody, or, or a bad case of, where are you, Jesus? Don't you know what's going on? Which is what happened with Mary and Martha. Because Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, your friend, your bud, Lazarus is sick. You know, the one we always provide a place for you to live when you're in town, Lazarus. That Lazarus, Lazarus died. And so the message over and over here, and I know eventually Jesus is gonna come back and raise him from the dead. How many know that? But before we get to that moment, We hear Mary and Martha with the same dialogue with Jesus. Lord, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't be dead. I'm thinking, we got to rise up in this world right now, right? You know, sometimes I want to say, Lord, how am I supposed to pastor this church? This world is such a mess right now. How am I supposed to do what you've called me to do right now? Lord, don't you see what's going on? Would you just take care of this, Lord? Would you come sooner? Where, where was that? Where were you, Jesus, when I lost my job? Where were you when my husband or wife walked out on me? Where were you, Jesus? I prayed. I actually had my name on the prayer list. Where were you, Jesus? And like Mary and Martha, you know, we cry out. Anybody ever get mad at Jesus before? Well, I'm going to lift both my hands before I just go to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I don't know if you noticed what happened. And you, people think Jesus just jump in your face and say, You need to go over there sit down, be quiet, and come and talk to me when you can be civil. But how many know Jesus knows your emotional baggage? Yeah. You know that? So if you got to yell at Him, yell at Him because he, He's been waiting to hear from you, even if you cry out to Him in fear. We sent word, we sent you a prayer. You didn't show up, you just let Him die. So whose fault is this, Jesus? We also call that transference. And again, the story is about Lazarus, but it's not just about Lazarus. It was not just the resurrection of Lazarus. It was also the resurrection of Mary and Martha. They were dead in fear. They were dead in their faith. They were dead in pain and anxiety. They were dead in their anger. We all need the Spirit of Christ. How many know that? All of us. We need the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. We need that Spirit to dwell inside of us. Some of you listen to me right now. You're mad, you're upset, you're doubting God. You don't even know if there is a God. Jesus didn't show up. You said, well, if God is here, why is there all this mess that's going on in the world? I'll explain that to you in a few minutes. But Jesus didn't just show up to raise Lazarus. In fact, Lazarus wasn't even bothered about it. Lazarus, read this last breath because I can imagine Jesus and Lazarus sitting down at one particular time. Now, it's not in the Bible. This is what I think happened, all right? I know enough of friendship that sometimes when you sit down with a good close friend, you tell them some things. You tell a bunch of stuff. Because one of the things that we know is Jesus talked to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus about the resurrection. Because Jesus told Mary, and he told Martha, don't you know that if you believe in me, even if you're dead, you're still alive? Could you imagine Jesus sitting down with Lazarus one day and say, Lazarus, guess what? I'm gonna to go to the cross, I'm gonna die, and on the third day, I'm gonna rise again. Now get, last, no, no, wait, wait, Lazarus, you're gonna die. Lazarus goes, what? Yes, you believe in me, right? Yes, you're going to die. But don't be afraid, because everybody who believes in me, if they die, they rise again. You can almost see the fear of death just just leave. Cool! (laughs) Slapping each other real high fives and hugging each other. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Laz. That's what he called him, (laughs) Laz. Mary and Martha. Martha's been cooking. Mary's sitting there. She kind of passed out because she wasn't doing anything, Mary find out what's going on. Martha walks in with a bunch of, you know, biscuits and and she's talking and Lazarus, Jesus. And they didn't get the full message like Laz got it. Jesus never rushed back because he wasn't worried about the death of Lazarus. Because he knew that Lazarus believed in him and he was still alive. Mary and Martha, however, were dead in their fear. Come on, you ain't hearing what I'm saying. And dead in, the, in, your, in their anxiety. I'm talking to somebody personally right now. Listen to me. How do you rise up when it gets personal? First, you, you wait on Jesus. You wait on Jesus. Somebody say, wait on Jesus. Well, he hasn't showed up. He hasn't answered my prayer the way he wants to answer my. Wait on Jesus. Shout it. Wait on Jesus and stand on what you know. Some of you don't know some of the things that I know. So you're afraid of some things that I'm not afraid of. And that's because you don't know. When... How many have ever had things that you just didn't like? Anybody? Like when you can't trust what you see or what you feel, stand on what you know. Stand on, Lazarus is dead. I know, but Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. But I don't like that he's in the tomb over there. I don't like the sickness. I don't like the difficulty. Go ahead and trust Jesus anyway. Now, I'm not playing either because some of you say, Pastor, you're making this sound too easy. I know it's not so easy. That's why Jesus came back to help Mary and Martha. This is their moment of great growth. I got to get personal here. Sometimes you won't get personal unless I get personal. So I've needed a word from the Lord on several occasions just to breathe. Anybody else been there before? I have needed a word from the Lord. And I've told you about some of those words. One of those was at a particular time in my life when I was so full of what's going to happen next and and the attacks that were on my life that I just could not hear from God. I was struggling. And I just came into the, the, the sanctuary. I told you this a few weeks ago. And I was praying. And I said... Oh, God, help me. I just laid there quietly. and Finally, he whispered in my spirit, you take care of those sheep and I'll take care of my shepherd. And I got up rejoicing. It was just a word in due season. But I've had other moments. That's not the only moment in my life. I had a revelation. Anybody ever had a a revelation of your old wounds? Old wounds. Okay. So here's one of the revelations that I had that helped me. And so I'm going to give it to you. All right. So how many remember me telling you the story about when I was healed severe, uh, of severe burns on my face? You remember that story? I probably told it. Listen, I've been here 31 years, at least 3,100 times. But it's, it's a story of how I was burned severely on the right side of my face. I was three years old. I was just three years old when it happened. And a big pot uh, filled with uh, uh, really boiling gravy fell off of the stove and landed on my face. And mom, when she heard me scream and ran and wiped it off, she said she moved the the liquid off my face and the flesh moved with her hand. That's how thick the burn was. Now, I know you're looking at me and saying that can't be true because you're so pretty, Pastor Rick. But it's still true. It was on the fifth day of prayer, rather than having a skin graft, the wound literally fell off my face and there was no scar underneath. So that's, that's a story. If my mother was here, she would tell it because she told it every time I came home. She would bring me up front like I was five years old and stand me in front of everybody and show my face off. Uh, even when I was pastoring this church, I'd go home. Ricky, come up here. Get up here, son. She's telling it in heaven right now. She's telling, Jesus, you do good work. So, <laughs> but I had to go through that. And then I realized that I had some stuff going on in my own life. Okay. So I was healed from the burns, but I had the residue of the pain. And I had the memory, just for a moment, of a child, three years old, having third degree burns and the pain that took place when that hit me in the face. And what I must have carried away, because I didn't just need my skin healed, I also needed that little heart healed because for as the years went by, I was that child when mom and dad left who would scream, don't leave, come back. They couldn't leave me at the babysitter because I would tear the curtains literally off the wall because I could not be left alone. I was that child that was always trying to do things. I had to have their attention. I had to be with them. I had a fear of being alone. Where did that come from? Anybody hear what I'm saying? And it was that revelation and that process that began to bring healing in my life. I, some of you are hearing what I'm talking about right now. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you're just trying to be psycho pastor right now. No, I am not your therapist. I am your preacher, and I want to get personal. I don't know what you've carried, Martha, Mary, in your life, but I've come back to tell you that you're going to rise up out of it. This is not the end of your life. Rise up. Rise up out of your trauma. Rise up out of your pain. Rise up out of your abuse. Rise up! Hallelujah. Jesus. I know it sounds easy, but just with the revelation I've given you now, some of you are going to go back and have some healing, some old generational hurts, some old wounds in your life that you've overlooked. Somebody say it's personal. Rise up is personal. Because sometimes you say, well, Lord, why am I not risen yet? Why am I still in this grave, still stuck? And you can hear him say, because I want to do a deeper healing in your life. I don't want you just to walk out of an earthly grave. I want you to walk out of a grave. And I want you to walk into my power. Into my spirit. And in my presence. So those things that bound you will not hold you anymore. Yeah. Jesus. So rise up. This is almost three sermons, isn't it? Okay. So rise up. Rise up. It's personal. Somebody say it's personal. Okay. Now shout rise up. It's public. In other words, let me see if I can do this right. This is a public service announcement. (laughs) Unlike all of the others, there is actually an emergency. There's something that's going on and it impacts everyone. I want all my I ain't a Christian friends to listen in right now. You need some I ain't a Christian friends, just so you know that. They just can't be your number ones, okay? you got to find people that know Jesus, okay? So anyway, I'm going to give you the scripture. Romans 1.18, read it out loud with me. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. What? That's in the Bible? What? I thought there was only one word in the Bible. Grace. Well, God showed me this some time ago, that God's grace is even expressed in his wrath. Receive that? Bad things are happening. God can't love me. And you'll hear people say, well, if God is so full of love, why is this happening? Read Romans chapter 1. I mean, read the rest of it too. I mean, please read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Read all of that. Read about the grace and the love and the power of God. Read all of that. But also read the parts that are not culturally acceptable. If God has wrath, then he must not be God. Okay, then you must not be here either. Because you have wrath. Amen? Again, this is a public... Announcement. This is for everyone. And I almost hear people say, Don't go there, Pastor. But people are wanting to know what's going on in the world right now. So I'm going to explain to you what's going on in the world. Now you're going to know. Aren't, don't you feel better? You can leave knowing what's going on in the world. Now, just because you know doesn't mean people will believe you, but at least you're going to know. And knowledge really helps. So this, this statement is written here in the first chapter of Romans, the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Romans under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He explains this in verse 21. He said, "They knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks." Okay, How many have known God but wouldn't worship Him? Has anybody ever been there? knew, had a familiarity with Him. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. You should underline that. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. I hear this constantly. This is no. God is who God is. So don't, don't just make up who God is. Oh, help me, Jesus. As a result, their minds become dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead become utter fools. Okay, now what is the, how does this end up? So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. So they knew God, weren't thankful to God, so God, out of His mercy and grace, being in confusion, God says, "Okay, do what you want." You say, "I can't believe God would do that." Would you? But you love the prodigal sto- son story; you love that one. God's waiting with open arms, but the son's a mess. Father didn't go. I'm going to bring you back. No, I'm going to wait on you to come back. So they abandoned, God, abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desire. As a result, can I read the rest of this or did you already read it and don't want me to read it? As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. This is the Bible in case you hadn't read it before. They traded the truth about God for a lie. They worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with, other, with each other. And men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this, the, uh, this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. I told you people don't like this. Pastor, please don't do this. Don't you, know, don't you know if you tell people this, they're going to feel condemned? Go ahead. Don't say the word condemned. Say it condemned. Okay? Did you know that the word condemnation is actually in the Bible? Did you know that? It's, it really is. It is. We were condemned, and that's why Jesus saved us. Aren't you thankful that he saved us? There is something called condemnation. Hello! Public service announcement! So verse 28, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do the things that, they should, that should never be done. Here's the result. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Aren't you glad that he added those things in? Because some people say, well, at least I'm not doing that. Quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. That's what I've seen in the last 30 years of my life, coming up with new ways. And and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. So I'm about finished with this. So I'm here to talk to everyone, saints, sinners, church kids, senior saints, atheists, poor folk, rich folk, Red and yellow, black and white, moms, dads, kids, whoever you are, I want you to stop playing with God. And stop blaming God for the things that we on this earth have decided to do. Okay, God, you need to stop this. He's letting people do what they want to do. Till they come to the end of themselves and turn back and say, it don't work that way. There are people that look incredibly intelligent that will look you with a straight face and say that these things, even that I have mentioned, these things are perfectly normal and acceptable but let me stand up here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and tell you that there is a way that seems right to a man but the end will be destruction he loves you where you are but he wants to set you free Rise up out of your sinfulness. Rise up and repent. Rise up and confess. Rise up. Turn, turn from your sin. Come on. Get out of the bed of adultery. Stop all the backbiting and the gossip. Confess. Be set free. Walk in the victory. Come out of your grave. Come out of your slavery. Come back to Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank think I'm finished almost. So it's personal, it's public, and thirdly, it's for the family. It's for the family of God. Come on, we are family, right? Yeah. Look like think someone said, we are family. Tell somebody, we are family. Yeah. Brothers and sisters. We even call each other brother and sister. Before it was cool, we were calling each other brother and sister. You know, Aren't we brothers and sisters? Yeah. Right? I mean, we dedicated Judah today. That's our baby. What are you talking about? Praise Jesus. So that's that message I talked to you about last week. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. I love this. Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. And earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no in heaven. Now, don't be deceived. Mary and Martha were deceived. And Jesus revealed that he is the one that is in control of resurrection. He'll come. Listen to me. He'll show up when he chooses. And he will resurrect those who know him. Yes. I'm going to preach about that. I said he will resurrect who? Those who know him. Those who are looking for him. Right? Anybody anybody ever heard somebody shout rise up. rise up? Okay, this message rise up is driven by one day I'm going to be home with Jesus constantly referred to in the last days and eternity, this message of rise up. You know, you know, you believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I'll get you and bring you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. It's the story of the great resurrection and it's getting close. Look at this preacher preach to you. I said it's getting close. This is not a fairy tale. Matthew 24, Jesus wraps it up by saying uh, in Matthew 24, verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And uh, up to that day, up to the day that Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Which is really what we want, isn't it? Right now, we just want everything to get back to normal. Eating. How many know that's important? Can I get a praise God for eating? Somebody somebody thank God. Somebody thank God for pizza. Somebody praise God for Mexican food. Praise God for pasta. Can I get a praise God? I just want to sit with some friends and have some pasta, brothers and sisters. I want to get myself over to Guaz and have some fajitas. Yes! Yes! But there's more to those things that you think. What's going on in our lives? Jesus explained his return on in, in verse 40. He said, two men will be in a field. One will be taking the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, One will be taking the other left. Therefore, you need to keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Can I preach heavy to the family of God right now? You, look, look, my, my, I got my preaching finger out right now. You need to keep watch. We used to keep watch. Anybody remember keeping watch? I'd take a walk outside, look at the sky. Diane and I, we'd see a cloud in the sky. It looked like it's splitting or something. It said Jesus might be coming back right now looking in signs in the heavens we what we need is a big constellation we need a big sunburst or we just one day where we can have a total eclipse with Jesus is gonna come back just I'm telling you it it, keep your eyes keep your eyes uh, open because Jesus is coming back but also how many somebody say "Jesus Jesus is Lord big deal Big deal, because Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. I am acceptable by grace, but I am saved unto good works. Did everybody forget that? Is that all we said? Well, I'm saved. God, I'm just getting on with. no. No. I am saved by Jesus. When I call him Lord, he says, why do you call me Lord? But you don't do what I say. It should be like big posters everywhere. I'm your Lord. Why don't you let me be Lord? It goes on. This is scary. Many will say, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And I'll say, I didn't know you. I mean, I'm glad you knew how to do your little religious song and dance, but... You know, my name's pretty powerful. I can do stuff just because of my name. I, you know, call, I've seen a lot of ungodly people call on the name of Jesus. I'm saying, go ahead. This speaks of this message, these messages are to the church. Christian people. Christian people right now. I mean, I am being challenged right now in order to advance. I am being challenged to lessen, to quiet, to water down the truth of the word of God. Please, pastor, tell us we all okay. No, you ain't. You're not all okay. Open your eyes. Keep watch. Like a bride looking for her groom. Anybody ever heard of the seven churches of Revelation? Have you ever read that? It wasn't the seven, you know, social clubs of Revelation. It wasn't the seven bowling teams of Revelation, the seven baseball teams, the seven churches. And he just nails these guys. I mean, Smyrna has some up, but the church, that's a church that remained faithful amidst persecution. And then you go on down and you see uh, Philadelphia, the church that patiently endured despite weaknesses. They're called these churches by these names because that's where they were. But there are also examples. There's some prophetic suggestions about it as well. But Ephesus, anybody remember Ephesus? They, they didn't love God like they used to. He said, I have this against you. You lost your first love. Remember when you first gave your life to Jesus, you said, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to tear down walls for Jesus. I'm going to win this world for Jesus. And then you got busy making house payments. I mean, you ought to make your house payment. That's not what I'm saying. How many know serving Jesus really matters? He wants that passion of that opening relationship. I ask couples this. Sometimes they'll come and, and struggle. Say, Pass, we're just really struggling. But you guys like, you kissed each other right there on the platform. Said good times, bad times, all that. I don't know, but I don't feel the same way. You need to go back and get that. Now, that's not all I say. I'm just saying, first love, Pergamum. They compromised their, their, their beliefs because the city that they were in were, was involved in pagan practices. And, 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 and the Lord caused the community to repent or risk the judgment that will emanate from the sword of his mouth. That's fighting talk right there. The Thyatira, the church that follows a false prophet, that it led members to commit idolatry and immorality. And he says, he says this in Revelation 2 He says, I'm going to pay everybody according to their deeds because I want my reward. Yeah, but what about what we're doing with our life? I mean, I know you want me to throw this. You just say, Pastor, I preach grace fast. It is grace, it is his mercy. It is, but we're the bride of Christ and he wants us to be beautiful and he sent his spirit. And if you allow his spirit, you can overcome anything with the Holy Spirit. You do repent and confess, allow his spirit to come in, get connected with the brothers of Christ. We will lift you up. I am preaching. Sardis, the church that is spiritually dead, he faults the church and Sardis for maintaining an outward appearance of being alive but they are actually spiritually dead. And he says, wake up and repent, lest I come like a thief to bring judgment. This is Jesus talking to churches after he died and rose again. Stop, pastor, quit. Laodicea. Anybody heard of Laodicea? A prosperous, industrious, commercial center. And Jesus' letter to this church, he wastes no time denouncing the congregation. And he said, I wish you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, you nauseate me. And I'm about to spit you out. That sounds like fighting words, doesn't it? I'm going to, I'm going to, another, another version says vomit. I'm going to vomit you. I just cannot continue your lukewarmness. And he scolds them because they're allowing their economic prosperity to cause themselves spiritual bankruptcy. And he reveals it. Despite Laodicea's economic wealth, only Jesus can give you spiritual wealth. Those are churches. I'm just saying those are churches. Say say, Those are churches. So I want you to know here's some good news. Okay? Let me reveal some really good news to you. Okay? I think as a church, sometimes we think, you know, I joined the church. But I want you to know that we can be a church that will not fall into ways of lukewarmness. We can be a church that will live for Jesus and serve Jesus. And no, we can be a church that will not fall into false doctrine, that will not be sucked into the cultural acceptance. We can be a church that can look up into heaven and know that when he comes. And listen, listen, listen. He's coming. He's coming. Somebody shouted. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming back. See, the message of rise up to the church is also the ultimate message of a hope. First Corinthians 15. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment. In the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. He says, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. That, that one got me right there. Okay, what kind of body do you have? It's dying. All right. I got real quiet suddenly. All right. I learned this as I got older. When I was younger, it didn't matter what hit me, I would get better. Now I get older, I find that, you know, that feeling in my shoulder is still there for the last three years. You know, it, it happens supernaturally. About the time you turn 40, your eyes start dying. You say, what's happened? I'm using reading glasses. Why? Don't play with me. I know how old I am. All right? I got to deal with this. There is an issue that you deal with as you get older that people don't tell you about. Because when you're young, we tell you, you know, you're always going, my hair fell out. It's okay. Somebody praise God. The bolder I get, the more beautiful I get. Hallelujah. No, my hair died. My hair died. Fell right out of my head. Your teeth are not as good as they used to be. And the dentist is not Jesus. I'm saying we get to exchange our dying bodies, our immortal bodies for transformed bodies. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die. This scripture from Isaiah is fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your... Listen, oh, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Listen to what I'm I'm wrapping up. I really am. I really am. Listen, listen. I want you to know. In fact, can I read verse 56? Sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong... And be unmovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So so get this. Personally. Get this publicly. And get this ecclesiastically. Get this as the church. Receive this as the family of God. Get this. Jesus is coming back. And we will be caught up to be with him forever. And death is swallowed up in the victory of the cross of Jesus Christ. Wait, wait. But he calls us to be steadfast. He calls us to be unmovable. Be strong. Be unmovable. Always abounding. Always working enthusiastically for the Lord. What you're doing for Jesus is not your hobby. It's not. Good to see Cliff and Renee here today. love you guys. I watched Cliff and Renee serve the Lord. And it's like, you would think I was sending them a paycheck. (laughs) Coming in, taking care. When can I do this? What can I? I love that. You know, I I come here. I look at Drew back there serving the Lord. Drew, I'm going to make an example of you, buddy. He was here yesterday putting that up. You know, we got a third camera so we can get better shots. We got you now. Okay, we... Making sure that things are happening. This worship team walking in and singing. You think, no, no. Can I tell you what's going on? People love God. They're serving God. I got a leadership summit coming up soon. I'm looking for people that don't want to play this thing anymore. I'm going to be steadfast and unmovable. I'm going to get my sin behind me. I'm going to stop pretending like I'm a Christian because I went to Sunday school when I was five. I want to serve God right now. I want my children to serve God. And when he comes, when he calls, when the trumpet sounds, I'm leaving, baby. I'm out of here. Stand with me. Stand with me. Let's give thanks to the Lord for his word. I want this message to heal you personally. I want it to heal you corporately. I want it to heal you as the church. It gets real, doesn't it? Does this thing get real? It gets really real. Yeah, I need one of those, Willie. Could you bring one of those? Thought I had one up here. Thanks, bro. This gets real. Especially if you are blessed to get older. It gets real. You start counting differently. Like when I was... 12 is out. I can't wait to be 18. You know? But then when you get older, you start thinking, how many more? Anyway. And you can't live that way. Because look at this guy. You think I'm getting older, but inside, in the spirit, I am running circles around this room right now. I am a baby. But there is something that, no matter what your age is, You need to catch this. Catch this. We're all living in the same generation. In a world that is broken. And some of the things even that I've spoken about right now, you have already pushed aside as that's just old religious nonsense. But you can't argue with what I preach today. You can't unless you just throw the Bible away. Unless you just dump the word of God. You can't argue with it. We love people no matter what their brokenness is. People who actually to some of the things that we spoke about in this world that is so broken. We love you right where you are. And you're welcome here. But we're going to also help you be set free by the power of Jesus. It's been a little over a year now that Sister Karen Carr left us. Can you believe that? It was before the pandemic started, Sister Karen... She got mad. Remember when she got mad? I told you about that, didn't I? She was in hospice waiting to die. And uh, she, w- she went to sleep. And we'd pray and sing for her. She woke up the next morning and looked around at our, some of the friends that were in their family. And she said, what are you doing here? I was expecting to see Jesus this morning. She was literally ticked. Because she closed her eyes expecting to open them up and see Jesus. I don't know. Jesus could return. Anybody believe Jesus could return? Anybody believe that? How many many know that? Listen, I'm telling some people that don't even know Jesus personally, that aren't even living for Jesus. Jesus could come back today. I wouldn't be so upset. The only reason that Jesus has not come back Is because of his grace. He's waiting on some people to finish their broken behavior and return home to the Father. It's the only reason he hasn't returned yet. He lengthened his coming, he's lengthened, he's he's waiting for others. He wants to, but he's got more that will come in. And I know when he's going to return. Let me tell you, when the last person who will give their lives to Jesus gives their life to Jesus, that's when Jesus will come back. He's waiting. I want you to give your life to Jesus. If you're watching online right now, just surrender your life to Jesus right now. And don't just call him your Lord. Make him your Lord. Say, but I don't know everything. Just start right where you are. Let us know you're in the room right now. Make Jesus your Lord right where you are. Those of you that have known Christ for some time, start living for Jesus. Don't just live for Sunday. Live for Jesus. Live for him. Some of the mess that's going on, and you know in your heart, you've just been validating it because you're so addicted. <laughs> makes you feel better, makes you happy. Don't live in that. Don't live. Can I get an amen? Don't live like that, again. Amen. And how do you? I can't stop. Yes, you can. Let me to tell you how. Confess it. Right. Kind of like that. Uh, Andrew, Joy, like what what she said. She said, I just told everybody my story. I just Got into it. Just told them. Told everybody what I'd done. Told everybody how broken I was. And out of that. Andrew Day is eventually singing. You can move mountains. I want you to go ahead and confess. Today you confess. I'll bring some altar workers up here in a moment. And you can, you can confess to them. I trust them. I wouldn't let an altar worker work up here. If you couldn't trust them. If they wouldn't save your confession. I don't believe, all I have to do is confess to Jesus. Yeah, but he did tell us to confess to one another. And when you confess to one another, the shame begins to go because people love you who you've confessed to and forgiveness takes place. And then live for Jesus. Let's all just live for him and watch for his return. Thank you, Father. We're going to pray in just a moment. Before we do, could we receive... Supper of the Lord together. Go ahead and open it up. If you don't have one, Chris is standing right there in the aisle and he'll make sure that you have some if you don't have it. Get the bread in your hand. And get the cup. Open the cup. There's grape juice inside. If you're at home, find, some, find something that you can use for communion. We just bless that opportunity that you have. Some bread, something to drink right there at your table. Are you ready? And before you do it, Forgiveness. Somebody say forgiveness. Yes. No matter what anybody has done, I want you to release them into the hands of Jesus. No matter what, I don't want you to carry unforgiveness into this supper. Forgive. Release in the name of Jesus. Hold the bread in your hand. This bread we see as the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. He chose to have communion with us. We are his body, and by his broken body, We are healed. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus, for your willingness to be our sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Take the bread. Eat the bread. Praise you, Lord Jesus. The cup. This cup is the, my blood, the blood of the new covenant that's poured out for you. I want you to celebrate and receive the forgiveness of sins as you receive this cup. Take and drink. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. My altar team, any of my altar workers that can come. We'll be wearing masks, and those of you that come forward, you can wear a a cloth mask, but don't wear a spiritual mask, okay? Just (laughs) those of you, some prayer workers that are coming, if you are giving your life to Jesus, if you're struggling, we have people hit the altar so well, first service today, people coming to the Lord Jesus, whatever the mess might be in your life, there are people that would love to spend some time praying with you, talking with you. So you can begin to walk forward anytime you want or even after the dismissal. If you just need somebody to pray with you for a moment, need to talk to somebody, just feel that anxiety or that fear struggling in your home. Above all, if you want to give your life to Jesus or receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, come and we will pray with you. Look this way. I love you all. I love you dearly. It's so good to see you in the house. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord Give you peace, peace of Christ. Thank you so much for being a part of Freedom Fellowship Online. Thank you for joining us. Go in the peace of the Lord. If you want prayer, please swiftly move towards the front. I'm sure those who are with you will be glad to wait. God bless you. I'll see you again this Wednesday and next Sunday morning for services and next Sunday night for our Leadership Summit. Be dismissed.